0: All right, welcome, Inappropriate Earl Podcast fans. As you know, I like to span the globe for guests from 80s metal singers like Stephen Piercy from Rat, stand-up comics like Guy Branham and Josh Wolf, and hell, I even had Jeff Ross on, so that was in the early days. Uh, and I also have uh, people from interesting TV shows that I watch. I reach out to them. Most say No. This next guest said yes. Um, he's on the hot new show on Netflix called 20-somethings in Austin. He caught my attention because he's a stand-up comic. Please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Michael Fractor.
1: All right. Thank you for having me, man.
0: Oh, dude, thank you. I'm surprised we haven't run into each other since you're from Los Angeles. Uh, but... Uh, I started.
1: I actually I moved to Austin to start doing comedy. So like I had never done comedy in L.A. and I still haven't really.
0: That's crazy because most people would move from Austin to L.A. uh, to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it was it was weird decision. But like when I realized I wanted to do stand up, L.A. was completely shut down. So uh, I don't know. It just kind of made sense as a place that was open. It was like a new happening town especially for stand ups So I was like, I gotta, I gotta move there cause I wanted to start doing it.
0: Now, like most stand-ups, uh, did your friends tell you, Hey, you're funny, you should get into stand-up or is it just something you wanted to do?
1: Um, I think a little combination of both. Uh, most of my friends didn't really give a shit. Uh, the ones that did like comedy were like, yeah, I mean, why not try it? um, my parents kind of liked it. They liked the idea of it. So that was nice. They were like, yeah, just go, go chase your dream. Why not? Um, but a lot of them were just kind of like, oh, whatever.
0: I mean, you're very lucky and not many newer comics get to start out on Netflix. <laughs> it's uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, that, it was, it was pretty weird. Like I had been doing comedy at that point for three months and it's like, oh shit, now I'm doing it on Netflix, like the biggest streaming platform um, I the whole time I was just like I wish I had like a year of experience under my belt. It would have made this so much easier. But I had three months, and like I knew I sucked. But it was just kind of like, huh, what are you gonna do? You know?
0: Yeah, but you're likable, uh, which is so key for a newer comic whose uh, <laughs> stage presence might not be there yet, uh, or they don't have the material quite just yet. Like you can get by with being likable. You're like the the best friend everyone wants, at least in the
1: yeah, show that I've seen. And yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they added me to make me look good. I'm a lot worse off camera. Right. Well, I doubt that. You seem like
0: a pretty good dude. Um, did you... Tell us how you got casted. Like uh was it something they reached out to you, or you saw something uh in the trade papers, like what stand-up comics wanted?
1: Yeah, no. So most of the cast got scouted by uh, you know, by um casting agents, but like they were all like all so hot, you know. So the casting agents were like, let's just get these hot people. I had to audition. Um, I had a friend like the week before I moved to Austin. She sent me um, a TikTok that was like, We have this open audition for this new show, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, Well, fuck it. Cause I just quit my job. I have a week before I move. I had nothing to do. So I was like, I might as well audition for this. And I didn't hear back for two months about. And then I don't know where I just got a call saying they wanted to move forward. And I did that interview. Um, And he told me they'd let me know by the end of the week or something like that. Didn't hear back for another month. So I was like, Okay, whatever. I didn't get it. And then it was just like, I got another call and then boom, boom, boom. It just all was like happening so fast. And the next thing I know, I got the call that I was on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you, uh, in the audition process, and I know there's probably some things you can't talk about, uh, did you, were you asked to do any of your stand up to the casting people?
1: <laughs> um, one of them asked me to tell a joke. I remember that. And I was like, like, for the sake of you and me, you don't want to hear a joke. And he was like, no, like we really wanted to, I was like, no, no, trust me. You don't want to hear one of my jokes. And then he was like, all right, fine. So I thought that might've like killed my chances right there. But uh, I don't know, I guess they liked me enough that that didn't matter. Well, I think to me, uh,
0: it's one of the things that made you likable that, you know, for a newer comic to, you know, it's one thing for a newer comic to do an open mic in Los Angeles and a coffee shop in Tarzana and, and, you know, you're not really exposing yourself to too many people, but to go on Netflix and to be like, Hey, I'm kind of new at this. Here I am. It took a lot of balls.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, it takes Yeah. Balls. It was, I, I was kind of considering not doing it even after I got it just because I was like, is this going to ruin any, like all my chances of actually being a stand-up?" because like the first exposure to me, I knew it was just going to be like really shit comedy, but I also thought it was like kind of hilarious that I have this huge platform and I'm just guaranteed to bomb every time. Like, to me, there's something so funny in that of just like, I have this opportunity and I'm just going to keep blowing it. So like, I, I kind of like that.
0: No, I think it like your pussy job joke. I thought it was, I laughed. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's such a stupid joke. Oh, I
1: wish you were in the crowd then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't judge yourself too hardly on outdoor patio shows, uh, but oh, I mean, yeah, like
1: the the second open mic I did, I found out I was doing like a day before, um, and it was it's like known as kind of like the worst open mic in Austin. Um, I mean, it's fun, but it's you're in a park, like they kind of dressed it up a little bit through tables out there, but uh, you know, you're doing stand up in a park on this like little boom box that's attached to this like janky microphone. Um, I mean, I think they show like I start talking and the mic just wasn't working. And I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? Like this is this is a set I'm doing on Netflix in a park with a microphone that like barely works. But I don't know, it's just kind of it's like true and like kind of raw as to, like what it's like to be an open micer, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's a pretty brutal process. I mean some of the rooms I did in Los Angeles were much worse than that outdoor park you did. Uh, <laughs> cause it's, uh, I, I, thought, you know, in the, the first two clips of you that they shown, there was actual people in the, in the audience, like not just comics, uh, which right. in LA. That's,
1: that's pretty rare, uh, even for Austin. Uh, very rare, but you know, like people, people find out that they're like filming and like, especially in a city where there's not a lot of filming, people get excited by that. And so they wanted to come.
0: Like for those especially for the first time, uh was your did you prepare like a set actual set list and was your heart racing? Like, oh my god, I'm about to do my first stand up ever on TV on the biggest streaming service ever. On not just that's impressive in and of itself, but it's also a hot show. Like it's in the top 10, you know, it's not like it's just on (laughs) Netflix, it's like trending. Right. I mean, how nervous
1: was yeah. Okay. So before that said, I was like freaking out. Um, and I was, I remember I was like so visibly nervous. Uh, so Bonnie came up to me and she was like, you know, like you have what it takes to be a good comic. Like not, not necessarily cause your jokes or anything, but like, you know how you're like, kind of like on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So like, I'm not funny and I'm kind of on the spectrum. Cool. But uh, it, I don't know. It was just one of those moments where it was like, I was super super nervous going into it, and I think that kind of contributed to like me bombing, because um, I just couldn't get out of like the headspace of like, oh fuck, I'm doing I'm doing stand up for Netflix. This might be a big show. Like a lot of people are gonna see this. I'm like probably gonna bomb. Um, so I was super nervous for that first set. For the second one, I just didn't give a shit because um, I was like, I already bombed once. Like, I can't get any worse than that, and like. I kind of had to change my mindset of like, I wanted to do comedy, just like, honestly, just to have fun. Like it looked fun to me. And that first set was so not fun. I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to let myself get in that headspace again. From now on, every time I go up, I just want to have a good time.
0: Well, I think the second set where Aisha came to see, uh, that made it even a hundred times worse, just because like you know, my fiance is a three-time Emmy nominated writer. I don't want her at the show. Like I don't want any girl I've ever met at the show. Cause uh, you know, in my case, you know, I dated comics and it's tough when they're unfunny to be attracted to them. Was that Oh yeah,
1: added pressure? I, I don't think there's anything more embarrassing than bombing in front of someone, you know, because like they watch you do it and like really you do this every night and it's like i I mean it doesn't always go like this but man that's it's it's that was a lot that was added pressure but i mean it's kind of a good test if someone likes you right
0: (laughs) oh it's the ultimate test but uh she laughed at you uh so you know that must have been a good feeling seeing her laugh going okay at least i'm in with her
1: yeah i didn't know if it was laughing with me or at me um but you know, a laughs a laugh so <laughs> i wasn't going to complain.
0: Oh, absolutely. You'll find the longer you do comedy, you'll whatever gets you a laugh is it's all good. Um yeah. Now, getting away from the stand up for a second. What was it like meeting eight st- or seven strangers like like how awkward is that?
1: Um for me it was probably more awkward for them cuz i'm naturally like kind of an awkward guy. Right. Um I, I hated it the first like two weeks just because, I mean, it's pretty stressful. You're you're with these like new people where we were all at our core so different. Um, and then on top of that, you're just like surrounded by cameras. Uh, so it was really hard for me to adjust to, but, uh, I don't know. I think we ended up all becoming like pretty good friends. So it it made it a lot easier, but in the beginning I was just like, Oh, this isn't good. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, I mean, there's cameras everywhere, but the bathroom, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming they wouldn't want to see that. Uh, like, how? Yeah, that's so-
1: where I did all my drugs. There's no cameras in there. <laughs> that would
0: be funny if you were just a major heroin addict, just uh, <laughs> lighting up between takes. I mean, how hard was it to not play to the camera, like? you know, like you're in the kitchen making food and there's a camera guy right next to you, do you self-consciously go, I'm not going to look over there? Or do you just let it play out?
1: I looked at the cameras pretty constantly. <laughs> um, cause I like to know if they were looking at me. Um, I, I actually wonder how many shots of me they can't use because I would just look at the camera. Um, I get bored really easily. So a lot of times, like you know, we'd be shooting, and I would just kind of like doze off. And I'm sure most of the time I'm dozing off, I'm looking right at a camera. Um, So it was pretty hard to like just get used to the fact that no matter what you're doing, there's like five like movie grade cameras watching you. You know,
0: right? And there's like they're in the corner of the the room, like the like GoPros and stuff like that. I mean, is it, oh yeah, yeah, like that one scene where you. Maybe didn't have the greatest set, and and you came back to your room, and you, you know you had a little temper tantrum. Like there's like four cameras catching your every move. Uh, yeah,
1: um, that was the first moment of the show that I forgot that there were cameras. Um, I remember after I did that, uh, I got a phone call from the showrunner, and he's like, "Like, oh, what the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "Ah, you know." just letting some steam out. And he's like, well, we don't, he's like, I don't want to make you look bad. It's like, we don't have to use that. And I was like, no, fucking use that. That's like the probably realest moment you have of me so far, you know?
0: Right. And I mean, I thought it was touching, you know, at least as much as a reality show can be touching when all your, or most of your roommates came in and put your clothes back on and, you know, cleaned up your room a bit. Like it, it made them seem human, which, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes um, in a reality show, like, you know, I watch like say big brother and uh, the amazing race and stuff like that. They tend to highlight the worst of the people on the show, but I thought that was a nice, yeah. uh, I hate these kids are human.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a nice moment. I know. Uh, I'm getting a lot of hate online. Some of the girls are getting hate online for that because they're like, why would you pick up like his clothes after he like acted like a baby? It's like, what? I mean, come on. There's been good friends. You, you guys have never gotten mad before?
0: Well, yeah. Well, I think also it's non stand up comics. Uh, you know, I have bombed in the 20 years I've done stand up. You can ask Bonnie. She's been in the room for a few of them. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. Uh, so, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it sucks. And then also to do it on like an international platform, yeah. uh, <laughs> not yeah. fun.
0: No, it's, I can only imagine, you know, if someone, if Netflix was filming some of my bomb sets, I'd, <laughs> uh, I don't know what my mental state would be, uh, but yeah, do you, you mentioned that you've gotten some grief online? Like I don't answer my trolls cause it's just, I think that's what they want is for you to engage with them. Do you look at like what people are saying about your stand-up or the show online or do you leave that alone?
1: So I went on the subreddit for the first time last week. I guess there's like a 20 something subreddit. Big and mistake. Like the top. What was that? Big mistake. Oh, yeah. Big right. mistake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Big mistake. The top posts were all just like Michael's got to quit stand up all this stuff. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like I'm never going on this. I'm never going on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I get DMs from people uh, letting me know that I should quit stand up. And like, I know I, I agree, but I'm going to keep doing it, you know? Um, I don't, I don't engage with that. I don't, you know, I don't really give a shit. Cause like at the end of the day, whatever people say, it's like, I'm still gonna go to open mics and just like, have a good time, you
0: know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't let anyone online ruin your dream of, you know, being a writer yeah. and or stand up, you know, cause I find most people who troll you are just jealous that you're on Netflix and they aren't. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to be jealous when you see the embarrassing shit I did. But, uh, but I think maybe that's the root of it. Yeah.
0: They're a little jealous. Oh, they're, they're very much. So, you know, like I went on Reddit once. Cause I was on a comedy central show called roast battle and I had beat this, you know, Jimmy Carr, who's like one of the biggest comics in the world. And I said, Oh, uh, let me go on Reddit see what they're talking about. And it was, it was horrible. Like This guy should kill oh, himself. Yeah. He, he sucks you know if he ever comes to the uk we'll kill him
1: i'm like what (laughs) this is insane Um, yeah i got my my first death threat the other day that's um, crazy like moment yeah on reddit uh no in my dms
0: and like i mean you don't have to tell us exactly what they said but like what like did they just say hey you should kill yourself
1: Um it was more like hey we want to kill you and I was like all right I mean I didn't think my comedy was that bad but sure. Uh, and uh did they give a reason like or are they No, I don't know. I, like just I I think they probably just wanted to get a rise out of me, you know. Uh, and uh like now you're back in LA? Yeah, yeah
0: I'm back in LA now. And do you find yourself getting a lot of uh, performance opportunities because people want to use you because you're on Netflix and get people into the show?
1: Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten reached out to by anybody. Um, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't, I still want to earn the sets that I'm going to do, you know, right. like I don't want to get invited to these shows and then just go up and bomb. So like, I haven't gotten those opportunities, but if I did, I'd be pretty reluctant to, Right. um, I, I just did my first open mic last week. I've been like sick and whatnot. So it's been kind of hard to get back into it. Uh, I, I was in a hookah lounge, like real deep in the Valley. Um, <laughs> <Right. If laughs> yeah. Was that? So it felt, it felt good getting back up and I was like, ah, this, this sucks. Maybe, I, maybe I'll take some of those opportunities, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm kind of, kind of weary to, do it because I don't want to just like blow any opportunities, you know.
0: What was the like internally like you were the last couple months used to, you know, these beautiful high def 4K cameras filming your sets and you know, then you're at a hookah lounge deep in the valley, like was it a kind of a not a letdown, but were you kind of oh, there's no cameras here, or were you glad they weren't there?
1: No, I was glad. Um it was like back to reality, kind of. Right. Um, so like they didn't film like I did comedy every single night while we were shooting the show. Um, you know, they didn't film all of it. They only filmed a couple. But even when I'm doing that, it's like the comics in Austin, they they know I'm on the show and stuff. So it's like a lot of conversations are centered around that. So it was nice going to this open mic in L.A. where like nobody knows me. Um, And I can just go up and bomb. It it was like less pressure, you know?
0: Right. Because I know uh, in Austin, at least uh, when all the LA comics started moving there to follow Joe Rogan, uh, (laughs) you know, which I never really understood because it's like, if Joe didn't talk to you in Los Angeles, he's probably not going to talk to you in Austin either. But uh, some of the Austin comics were upset that, people were taking their spots on shows. So I would imagine, because you could tell in that one uh, crowd shot, the second show, there were some Austin comics there going, why is this guy on stage? And (laughs) did you run into like resistance from some of the local comics?
1: So I was pretty worried about like people because I was like, I knew like everyone in the comedy scene, you know, it's a pretty tight circle. um, And like no one's, I'm not turning any heads when I do stand up, you know? So I was kind of worried that like everyone was going to hate me because I had this like cool opportunity. Um, But like after that first set, no one knew I was on it. I did that first set. And then everyone the next day was just like congratulating me. So it was pretty cool. Like everyone there was like really nice and supportive about it.
0: And who were your comedy and who inspired you to do comedy? Like was it other comics, a TV show, or just,
1: so my first like exposure to like that like really made me want to do it was the Eric Andre show. Okay. Um that was like like okay, I want to be like a writer for something like this. And then like I always watched stand up like my dad grew me up on like John Panette, like Stephen Wright, all those all those guys. Um and then I just kind of got into my own comedy. Like, I love Mark Marin, uh like Mike Birbiglia, Nate Bragazzi. Like I love I kind of just like everyone, but yeah. the Eric Andre show and like Nathan for you were the things that I was like, Oh, I want to be a writer. That's weird that you say Stephen Wright Cause I love him. Uh, but, Oh, he's the bet. You guys sound like him. I,
0: I get that a lot. Uh, I wish yeah. I was <laughs> as funny as he was, but, or his, <laughs> uh, cause he's, uh, yeah, he's a genius. Oh, he's like unbelievable. But usually people your age don't really know who he is. You know, just like, I find people your age are grown up on like, uh, you know, say Dane Cook to, uh, you know, comics of that ilk. Uh, yeah, I
1: don't know. I just like, I love it. So I watch the old stuff, the new stuff, you know, watch out. I watch it all.
0: And in Los Angeles, uh, what's the feedback been from other comics who, you know, are like, hey, when you left, you had 800 followers on Instagram. Now you have almost 50,000. Like, Yeah.
1: Um, so actually, I don't know any LA comics because uh, like, I never really did the scene here. Um, so I'm, co- I'm going into the scene as like this guy with a lot of followers and a verification, but I, I mean, none of that really matters that much to me because like at the end of the day, you still got to have like good jokes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, LA
0: comedy can be quite cutthroat, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that weird though for you? Like when you, left to film the show i'll assume you had maybe i don't know what a thousand followers on instagram or something like that and now it's i think i looked two days ago and you had like uh 38 and now i think today I look you had 45 like that's crazy yeah like,
1: yeah it, it's pretty weird um i don't know i don't <laughs> this is gonna sound like weird but i don't, I don't really give a shit that much um because like if i wanted to be like an influencer or whatever sure that'd be cool but I still just want to be like a writer and a standup. So like if that can help me get to the next step, then like, fuck yeah. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's still just like, I still got to focus on like getting better at this craft, you know?
0: Oh, sure. No. I mean, the more you do it, the better you'll get. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll bomb a lot more. You'll do well. Like, you know, I still bomb at the comedy store here and there. It's like, yeah. You know, you think you've been doing something twenty years, you wouldn't bomb, but like, sometimes you know, sometimes you just don't grab the crowd. Right, right.
1: It just, it's just not clicking.
0: Uh, Have you ever been heckled much?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, The second night I ever did stand up was in this uh, this small bar in a place called Pflugerville, Texas, and it was like twenty comics, and then at the bar was just like eight locals that like they looked like troll people (laughs) and i mean any comic that went up you couldn't even tell a joke because they were just screaming at you um that was the second night i ever did stand up and i was like i don't know i don't know if this is for me uh but well i like i kept doing it but other than that not really because most the stuff i've done it's usually just comics there and you're not gonna heckle each other you know I don't know. some
0: of the only comedy shows I did were stand-ups that they seemed to relish. Like I, I find comics, at least in L.A. I don't know about Austin because I've only done stand-up there once. Uh, comics love seeing another comic bomb.
1: And uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I an open mic, though, like, you're so numb to the bomb that like, like if, if you're doing a show and, you, and you're watching someone bomb, it's a lot more funny than an open mic. Cause you're just kind of waiting for your turn. And you're like, all right, let's get this over with.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I remember once I was bombing at the comedy store and like every comic who was there started coming into the room. Cause it was like, Hey, this is great. I'm like, no. Sucks, <laughs> <man."> uh, <laughs> so uh, getting to, uh, and I, I know there's some questions you can't ask uh, or answer, uh, you seem to develop a relationship with Isha and um, was that because like sometimes when I watch a reality show, like a big brother, uh, you know, there's a, a showmance, what they call it. And uh, yeah, like, oh, this is just for the show. Like uh, you seem to actually develop real feelings uh, towards each other. Uh, was that weird to be on a, a the number one streaming show on Netflix and like get a girlfriend at the same time?
1: Um, yeah, it was because like, also, you're pretty much living with this person. So anytime I've ever liked a girl, it's been like, like, we're, you know, we're distant. And then in three weeks, I get that text like saying, Hey, I, I want to friend zone you or something like that. But in this, in this case, you're, you're facing that relationship pretty much every second of every day. Um, so it was, it was really weird to like develop a relationship with someone you're living with because it just sped it up like so fast.
0: Right. And like, I, you no, know, I don't think I could kiss a girl with a camera crew in the room. Like,
1: the, oh, that was, that was the hardest thing ever. I was, I was really bad at that. Like, well, I think you did okay at the end. Uh, <laughs> even like when you, I mean, I'm, like, I'm already, I'm already like not the most intimate guy. Right. so to have to do it on a camera it was like I, I was freaking out
0: well, yeah i mean even the uh dinner or, or lunch uh, uh where you asked her to be your girlfriend and you guys had that semi-awkward conversation about it like i don't think i could do that in real life let alone knowing okay there's going to be a million people watching <laughs> this conversation like did you try and um alter how you normally would have said it or is that how you would have said it with no cameras around
1: no that's probably how i would have said it um i hit a point about like three or four weeks into the show where i was just like you know what i don't don't give a shit anymore and i just kind of like leaned into it and like like went in with the attitude of just like fuck it you know so that made it a lot easier to just do things how i would normally do them on camera
0: and they don't uh and once again i i don't want to get into an area we can't really get into but uh like do they guide you into conversations or like do they just say hey be yourself we're filming everything and we'll take care of the rest
1: it's a little bit of both but for the most part it's just like be yourself right um right yeah um, like I mean, I think it's like if they see us heading down that conversation and they want it to happen, they might be like, Hey, um like like you should like dive into that a little bit more, but for the most part, it's just like do do what you want to do and treat this how you would normally treat it
0: and uh how is the stand up going uh you know, I would imagine you have a certain confidence now, I mean. You know, just, <laughs> hey, you're on Netflix, dude. Whether, no matter if you're six months, because you've been doing it now about six months, right? About six months, yeah. And even though maybe the first two sets that were shown weren't, weren't the greatest sets or, or, you know, you must have a little bit more confidence of going, hey, I, I've been in front of millions of people now. So even at this hookah lounge, this isn't so bad now.
1: Right. Uh, the one thing that's like really good that came out of this show is like, I got my nerves so under control um because like there's nothing more nervous nerve-wracking than like going on a date with like a 51-year-old in front of these cameras or like doing stand up on cameras so all these big things makes just like a silly open mic seem like nothing. So like I still get a little nervous before but nothing like when I was doing it in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh the fact that you get nervous still is a, is a great sign. Um I, I think in my case, like those few sets, I've never been nervous and was like, oh, I got this. This is easy. I bombed
1: incredibly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't see the nerves ever going away. Um, but that's, you know, you got to be nervous or else you don't care.
0: Oh, I, I agree. Like, I think uh, the one time I auditioned for a TV show and I was like, oh, I got this, man. And every other comic was reading their notes and set lists and this order. And I was like, I'm just going to wing it, man. And then, I almost almost quit comedy after that show, but, um, (laughs) and in terms of the future of the, of your participation on the show, is that something that you guys wrap season one uh, and then they contact you down the road or do they say, Hey, we're keep in touch or how's that work? If you can talk about it. I have,
1: I have absolutely no idea. Um, I think it was like, everyone's just kind of going home for the holidays We'll see how the show does. Um, you know, there's like probably a good chance they want to do it again, and they don't bring us back. Um, either way, I'm pretty cool with it. Like, if they invite us back for to do another season, that's awesome. If they don't, all right, cool. I'm not like solidifying myself as a reality TV star. You know, like there's positives to whatever happens. And uh, at this point, I don't, I don't really care. Like, whatever happens, happens. Right,
0: because there was kind of a cliffhanger at the end of the... Uh, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched the show. Uh, but yeah, it was,
1: uh, but I, I get AIDS. That's what happens. But hey, um, man, that could I be had to show. spoil it for them. <laughs> that certainly would be a cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like your dark
0: energy. You'll do well in L.A. stand-up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was, they kind of left it open where, you know... I mean, I know you said you're moving back to L.A. Because... Uh, you know i mean austin even though it's a great comedy city la is where you have to be to make things happen at some point right um but you know your your girl uh ish should staying there for her clothing line so there was kind of mm-hmm. they didn't really necessarily uh finish that story they left it open to oh maybe season yeah. two like uh so do you still talk to most of your
1: castmates? Oh yeah. We talk all the time, especially right now. while like shit's really rolling. Um, and we're just kind of like basking in the, in the spotlight together and enjoying it. Um, right now. So right now all of us are home for the holidays. And then I'm, I think me and Isha are both kind of figuring out like what our move is. Like, do we want to go back to Austin? Do we want to stay in LA? I mean, it makes a lot more sense for her to go back to Austin than me, but, um, I'm kind of open to whatever because, from what I've seen of the LA standup scene, I think Austin's a better place to start out. Um, so like, I'm kind of fine either way.
0: Well, I've often said uh, I started here in LA, and I wish I would have started anywhere else because <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's better to bomb and find your character somewhere else, and then come to yeah. LA when you're, you know, a couple of years in. Or but you know, it's hard for you because. You're from l a so right uh, you know it's it's not your fault. this is where you're born, um but <laughs> you know, I think I see so many comics who start in l a and and they bomb and in front of the wrong people, and then it's like, oh, we've already seen this guy with our girl, uh you know, we're good, let's see the next. you know it's it's tough, but
1: yeah you you also have to pay to do open mics here, which is insane,
0: oh yeah, there's so many. Uh,
1: con artist in the LA comedy scene, uh,
0: <laughs> but I'm sure they're in the Austin scene too, just because it's such a hot market. And I think when uh, Joe's Club opens up, it'll it'll be even hotter. And uh, yeah,
1: I mean, dude, I the the Austin comedy scene was awesome. Like everyone everyone was like super chill. Like I I made a ton of friends within like my first month, um and like the open mics were amazing. You could hit like three or four in a night, and they're all free. And like people, there are like generally pretty supportive, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I only did it for one night just cause it was a, that's how I am. I, I have ADD. So like, I'll just go one night. I'll yeah. do a red band show at the Vulcan gas, uh, mm-hmm. mining company, whatever that place is called. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, see how it is. And uh, I felt the Austin comics were very welcoming and, uh, you know, even though I was scared, like I said, you know, I had heard that they weren't maybe uh, that happy with LA Comics invading their turf. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like survival of the fittest, I guess. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. I also, I didn't know any original Austin comics. Like all my buddies had moved to Austin, just like I did. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a, was a, a core group of like 20 to 30. And then... uh you know, once Joe moved there and then uh, the great Tony Hinchcliffe. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you been asked to do kill Tony?
1: No, you just go and sign up like it, like it's an open mic. Right. Um, I never wanted to do it because like, I'd see all my peers go and they just would like bomb and then get roasted for 10 minutes. And it's kind of like, Oh, what's the point of that? Like I might as well wait until like I have better stuff. Right. Um, especially it's funny I say that because like my thinking was like, this is going to be on a national platform with like 200,000 people watching it. I don't want my first introduction to comedy to be that bomb, but now I'm on an international platform with millions of people watching. And my first introduction is a big old bomb.
0: Yeah. it wasn't that bad, dude. I've seen a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Sure. You know, but your, your awkwardness was almost, uh, endearing like it made me like you like okay this guy's being real like uh, i'm not going to judge someone who's been doing stand-up three months on the jokes i mean i was yeah probably horrible for two years uh i'm not saying you're. (laughs) that's
1: something i wish people understood is like how long it takes to get good Um, oh it's it's like it, it takes at least five years
0: in my opinion uh and that's just to find your voice and then right probably another two years to hone that voice into the act you want. So that's fucking seven years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but people just see this, uh, this little two minute clip of me doing it after three months and they're like, ah, I don't think this is for you. And it's like, wait, I just, I just started. Come on. Oh
0: my God. If someone was filming my sets on a national platform, three months in, I'd, I probably wouldn't be on this earth. I'd be so damaged by it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's the future for you, uh, right now in, uh, LA standup, do you want to be like, you know, most people's goal in LA is like, I want to be passed at the comedy store or the, the improv or the laugh factory, or do you just want to try and concentrate on getting better at, you
1: know? Yeah. I mean, right now it's just like, just focus on getting better. Um, I think that'd be a crazy goal to try to get past at the comedy store at this point. Right. Um, so I think it's right now it's just like, keep hitting open mics um i still want to be a writer so it's like keep writing keep filming my dumb shit and like you know hopefully it clicks i have a bigger audience now um and the people that follow me are definitely like supportive so it's like keep coming out with funny stuff for them and you know hopefully hopefully it all clicks
0: now is there pressure now that you have uh, you know a lot of followers to to crank out more content and and appease them because, you know, usually uh, out of sight, out of mind, you know, if you if you like I'm her- I'm horrific on TikTok. I just don't get the humor.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not very good at that either.
0: But now I'm sure you have like a lot of followers now. Uh, so you feel pressure pressured. Yeah. To like, God, I got to put out something.
1: Yeah, that's been on my mind a lot. It's like, I don't want this to be my five seconds of fame. Right. But also, like, I feel like I've gotten to this point by not really giving a shit, you know? Right. Um, like, when I when I try to do something, I, I give it my all and hopefully it works out. But, like, for the most part, it's like, uh, who really cares? And so I feel like if I've gotten here from that, I should probably keep that mindset.
0: And what was it like to be somewhat mentored or i don't want to say tutored but like have guidance from a legend and i really mean that like bonnie mcfarland like she is just one of the best people in comedy as well as her yeah. husband, the great rich boss but right. bonnie is just amazing was that like
1: kind of neat for you um it was cool I, the thing that really helped was like after i bombed um she gave me a good little pep talk Uh, because you know, like people like the director or whatever would come up to you and be like, I'll get him next time. But it's like, I don't really want to hear that from you. So like, it was dope having her there because she actually like knew what it felt like. Um, so it was good having her there to just like, be like, ah, who really gives a shit? You know, uh, like, like that was, that was nice to have that person there who had like been through it and she knew the right things to say and had good advice rather than like the fucking like audio guy being like, like giving me comedy tips, you know? Oh, that's the worst. Like when, Oh yeah. That first set I did, I shit you not. I think every person from production, they were trying to give me tips before the set. And I was like, look, well, I, I don't need it. You guys have never done a set in your life. Like, yeah, I don't need to hear this.
0: Yeah, You guys are less experienced than I am. So what
1: is- <laughs> and I've been doing this for three months. So <laughs> fuck off a little bit. Did Bonnie give you any, like, uh,
0: pearls of wisdom that you, you can share with us, like, uh, to help alleviate your nerves or just, you know, any writing tips?
1: Um, Not really. But I also didn't seek them out because, like, in my mind, like, this whole, like, the, like, the pursuit of stand-up is kind of like a singular thing where, like, you have to... I don't know. You got to just do it yourself. So like, I never really seeked out tips from her. I probably should have, cause she definitely knows what she's talking about, but I don't know. I just kind of did it my own style and didn't really work out, but, <laughs> but that was my mindset.
0: And did any of your castmates, uh, none of them uh, lived in LA before the show. Like did any of them come out here to explore opportunities?
1: Um, I think a lot of them are still in Austin right now, but. I know there's talks about a few of them coming out here. Um, I don't really know what their plan is. I think it's kind of like, we're all just waiting and seeing like, like what are we actually getting from this? You know?
0: Right. I mean, tremendous exposure. Like that's right. Yeah. Like uh, I would say they would bring the show back. Uh, But I know in reality, uh, you know, like in MTV had that show, the real world, they would change cast. Right. It was a new cast every season. In different cities, but I think because uh, Austin is such a thriving city right now, uh, who knows? I, I hope they bring you all back. Cause...
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. I feel like there's a lot of stuff left kind of untapped. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I know people people on Instagram really like are curious as to to what's going on in all of our lives. So I personally think it'd be a good move. Um, I think people like us and they want to see more of us, but that's up to Netflix.
0: Yeah. And your stand-up will be better. Like it, it, let's just say theoretically in season two, you know, you'll have more, yeah. uh, slightly more experience and whatnot. Um, right. You, uh, it should be better. We'll see. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. If you're doing, yeah. But you know, now that you're doing, you're kind of like Mr. T and Rocky three, you're in the basements of hookah lounges and you know, <laughs> yeah. LA open mics. And then you go back to Austin and you got the camera crews and the crowds. I think you'll, uh, That's the one good thing about comedy in LA. There's so many shitty rooms that you perform in that when you do get a good room or a good opportunity, like you on Netflix, it's easy. It's like, Oh wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're taking weights off that baseball bat for sure.
0: All right. Well, Michael, this has been amazing. I know you probably have been... Sorry, FedEx is at the door. (laughs) Um, I know you've been probably inundated with interview requests, so I I do appreciate you taking the time. uh, Yeah, of course. And I hope to run uh, into you in the L.A. scene. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll
1: probably see you around.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you need any help, please DM me. I like to help out the younger comics when I can. Uh, You probably don't need to plug your Instagram on my humble little show, but... (laughs)
1: Do you want to plug yours on mine?
0: Yeah, I probably should. You should uh, get a podcast. I'd love to do it. Um, Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I'm on Instagram right now. It's Michael Aaron Fractor. And uh, I'm kind of doing TikTok, but there's not much to see there. Uh, Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be posting a lot of of my new stuff on there.
0: Well, I want all my fans to become fans of you because uh, stand-up, especially in the beginning is brutal uh it's very lonely endeavor you would think mm-hmm. you being on yeah. netflix how you would <laughs> how would you be lonely uh but it's uh, it's a <laughs> you're very still fun.
1: you still find yourself by yourself at a hookah lounge on a Wednesday Oh absolutely still, or even, still lonely you know,
0: <laughs> the, the show you didn't have the greatest set and you came back to your room and 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 did that like that's la comedy right there yeah uh, <laughs> you know I Cause I've often said you could, you could be in a bad band. You're the singer. You could turn around and blame the drummer for being sucky or the bass player. Right. So when you're like us, you're on that stage and you don't have a good set. You can't blame the curse. It's all you. Yeah. It's all you, which <laughs> makes it great when you do well. It's like, right. All me. Um, but Michael, <laughs> thank you very much. You're a good dude. And, uh, Congratulations on the success of the show, and uh, I'll see you uh, in a hookah lounge in the valley. Uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> next week. Have a good Christmas yeah. and uh, continued success, my friend.
1: All right, thank you very much for having
0: me. Thank you. Peace out. Bye.